their ears. Main weapon eliminated, the battle's shape immediately becomes more irregular. We combatants intermingle, khaki versus grey. Now, separated from Jonathan, I can see Major Chilton caught in a pincer movement by two of them. I shout to him, but my voice is swallowed up in the cacophony of war. I fire from the hip at one of Chilton's predators, but my pistol's pin clicks impotently on a dud round. Simultaneous to this, I see Major Chilton judder, penetrated from two different angles, and he falls and lies still. I'm surprised at how upset I feel. Both those shooters must die. The dud jams my pistol. I have to clear it. I checked all these bullets personally when I loaded them. What more can you do? Clean your weapon? Check all the ammo? One of Chilton's attackers twists and falls. The second clutches his chest and drops onto his face. I turn, and from the angle of Jonathan's body I can see it is he who has shot them, and that he is now hurrying to snap a new magazine into his pistol because for these few moments he is, like I am, without a loaded gun, naked, defenceless, blinking in the light. I shout to him and gesticulate wildly because a big man has appeared out of nowhere and is almost upon Jonathan, wielding a homemade club bristling with vicious spikes. I hold my breath, whilst Jonathan, by a fraction, avoids the first blow aimed at his skull, then twists, eluding the second to his neck, and sways in control now, in the opposite direction, so that the third blow, destined for his shoulder, swishes past. Jonathan hoiks his pistol up, rams it into the German's chin. It should be a knockout blow, but the man takes it without going down, and when Jonathan wields his knife, the blade only nicks his opponent's cheek instead of slashing his eye, or his nose, or his cheek, or his lips over bared teeth right open. And now Jonathan and the German close and try to kill each other face to face. I want to go to help Jonathan, but my way is barred by a child so pale and thin that he might be an apparition who appears to be no more than twelve years old, in a uniform far too large for him, who tremblingly points a rifle far too heavy for him directly into my face. The fleeing Kaiser has sent his children against us. The shouts begin to go up. It's over! Der Krieg ist vorbei! The child is soiling himself. The telltale wet patch spreads down the legs of his grimy uniform, and I fear that he is trembling so much he might discharge his rifle by accident. Out of the corner of my eye I can glimpse white being waved, and for a moment I think it is men waving their own exposed bones and offal, hoping that someone will know what to do with it. I close my eyes and shake my head to dislodge that picture and see cloth, whitish cloth, How absurd it would be to die at a terrified child's involuntary twitched hand just as the war is ending. I try to smile reassuringly and to hold the child's gaze as the sounds of war subside. The boy begins to tentatively lower his rifle. It's probably too much for him to hold up any longer. And to me this seems good. The first good thing to happen. The first after-the-war good moment. But then I hear a crack from behind me and the boy collapses and is still... I half-turn, just glimpse. Ah, there you are, coming at me like a coward. And there's another crack and I fall backwards and sideways down on my front, looking at an ant going about its business, scaling peaks in the muddy earth. I can smell blood and metal and decay. Mud presses into my nostrils, seeming to want to invade me, to begin burying me already. I can feel my blood pumping warmly out of the exit hole in my chest. 
I have an image from school. Geography. A cross-sectional diagram of the water table. The surface of a saturated subterranean sea. But now it is the blood table. All the blood from all the men and women who've leaked their lives into this contested earth. And mine is adding to it, fast rhythmically gushing. I must get up. I try to place my palms on the ground and push, but only succeed in inhaling fragments of the land we've been fighting over. I automatically cough as my vital organs stutter and hiccup, gasping for fuel. Through my ear to the ground I can sense running feet pounding the ground. I have a vision of myself and Philomena and Jonathan and the fiancé that he will acquire some day, all going about together, by the sea, living it up, dressed all in white, possibly back here in France, but definitely by the seaside and no expense spared. I try to grasp this vision, to anchor myself to it, but it's slipping agonizingly away from me.